Welcome back. Hello and welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia. I am your host, Josh. I am here today with uh, our co-host, Chris, as well. And today it will just be the two of us. No Jacob or Ryan. Uh, none of the original guys here, just us. Um, also, no guests today. We've had a few guests in and out lately, but uh, tonight's just the two of us. Um, might have some some cool guests coming up later, but not talking about that tonight. Tonight we are talking about um, a bit of a different sort of concept, I guess. Different sort of episode. Uh, we're going to talk all about canceled games. Um, so we'll talk about, we're both going to jump a bit into a few that we remember uh, possibly being announced back in the day or a few that we've heard about that we would have loved to see or, you know, maybe we'll still like to see something from one day or, you know, any other cool little tidbits of information there for you. Um, so we're going to have some fun with that. But first, of course, we are going to go ahead and jump into what we are radical Rexon about. So, Chris, we will go ahead and start with you. Uh, all right. So lately, um, I haven't really had too much time for games, but the games that I have been playing lately include uh, two. So Fez and New Pokemon Snap. Finally got around to playing New Pokemon Snap. So um, with Fez, uh, that game is insanely awesome and really holds up. Um, did you? I, I think we talked about this, Josh. Have you heard or played of uh, Fez? That name sounds really familiar, but I don't believe I have. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, I guess it's like a platformer that, uh, it appears in 2D, like, if you, when you're looking at it, but you have this ability to, like, rotate the world around you, so it's technically in 3D, and you just, like, unlock all these different little secrets and progress through the game in that way. You just have to keep, like, rotating the world around and... It's just a really, really cool okay. like puzzle platform. I think you'd really, really like it. Um, is it similar to Captain Toad in a way, sort of? Or Pushmo, maybe? Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's that's a really good comparison, actually. Yeah, it's a lot like that in a way. Cool. Um, yeah, it, it's not like just like them at all, but they definitely have their similarities. Um, Captain Toad, that's like a really great analogy, actually. So, um, yeah, if anyone likes Captain Toad, I highly recommend like that. Yeah, and um, just has like a really cool, very simple, you know, uh, what's the word, you know, 8-bit uh, art style. So it's very simple, but it's gorgeous. And like playing it on the big screen, oof, looks so good. Um, and looks great in handheld mode too. Um, and I didn't play this in the past week, but for a Plants episode, I did get a chance to play it like around this, this time. Uh, new Pokemon Snap is really great. Um, I had a friend over, and he's just like, I don't even want to play. I just like want to watch. <laughs> and I was like, that's fine by me. Um, so it was great. It was awesome. It plays just like the original. They have some awesome new ideas, um, like the day and night thing, and the interesting new items that they implemented into the game are really great. Um, and it looks stunning. Like the graphics, oh my god, it looks so good. Um, so yeah, I didn't get too far. I think I just got like one or two levels in, but um, it is exactly what I wanted, and I look forward to keep playing it. So yeah. Um, oh, and one last thing. Um, I haven't really had time for games, but I've been playing. Or what am I saying? I've been watching The Mandalorian, so I've been catching up oh, on yeah. that. And ooh, oh my god, I've been on the edge of my seat. I'm like not much of a TV guy, but 
season two. Oof. It is so good. I got like two or three more episodes left, and like it's all I think about. I just want to go home right now. <laughs> I just want to like fast forward time and go home and like watch, uh, watch the newest episode. So, just really, wait until the finale. Just wait until uh, the season finale. I know. Uh, and watch uh, it after credits. Just anyway. Ooh. Okay. All thanks same. for that. Thanks for that. <laughs> okay. Um. Wait. Have there been after credit scenes in other episodes? I don't think there was. Okay. I know there is at the season finale, but yeah. Okay. I think I would have noticed it if uh, if there was. So. I love um, that show. Yeah. Oh man. Like as far as like a, a TV show with the Star Wars license goes, like they are just nailing it. They totally understand what works in like a TV format, how it looks and the sounds and uh, the production value is just amazing it's it's so good and like it's a good time to be a star wars fan at the moment because you know sometimes it's a little weird <laughs> with what they put out there but the mandalorian they know exactly what they're doing they they really get it so it's cool lots of great cameos too um i forgot what her name is rosario dawson who played the orange lady <laughs> like that was such a good episode ah so good anyway so that's it what about you josh all right. Well, with uh, with the gaming front, I've been kind of doing my thing of hopping around. But I've been, uh, you know, been playing a decent bit of new Pokemon Snap as well. It's mm-hmm. a great one. I, th- I think I've mentioned it before on here the other week. But it's a great one sort of like around the family. My wife likes jumping in. My daughter likes playing some of it. Um, and we've made it a good ways through. I actually saw the credits yesterday, I think. Oh, nice. um, but there's But there's still more to do. Like, I'll, I actually... I never do this in like real regular Pokemon games, but I kind of want to complete that whole photo decks sort of thing yeah. if I can. Um, yeah. It's just a nice, relaxing game to go to and jump in around. It's kind of one of those, though, that it's like, ah, maybe one more round. Maybe I could squeeze in one more. Um, so, yeah, it's it's exactly what I would, for the most part, it's what I'd want it to be from being a fan of the 64 game. It's, it's still a little short, maybe, on stages, but, I mean, overall, though, it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to get my money's worth out of it anyway. So. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like how the, like, the scenes that they have for you are a little bit more complex than the ones in the N64, so yeah. it's not like these, like, simple little interactions like they're they're pretty complex and have some depth to it so that's pretty cool yeah yeah it's it it is pretty good game and it it looks nice um i hope whatever game freak puts out next looks you know as good as this does yeah Um, in particular that legends game but uh but anyhow outside of that um really just been trying to hop around it's kind of one of those like besides pokemon new snap which you know, I, I can play for a while, but not, like, for hours straight on my own. I, it's kind of like one of those weird in-between games kind of moments where I'm like, uh, what are we waiting on? Like, I kind of want golf and all that sort of thing. I'm, I'm, I need to get back to Monster Hunter eventually, so I'm out of that at the moment. I've been playing a heck of a lot of uh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat when I have a chance, just different games in that series. I went back and played some I hadn't played through before, um, downloaded it X on my xbox one i've been playing that one so still kind of on that kick yeah um you posted a pic about it recently right i did (laughs) okay yeah it looks really good like for a pretty old game looks really good 
Yeah, yeah. The one I posted like in particular today is X, and that one's uh the one the newest one's eleven. That one's technically ten, and that one I have on my Xbox One. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a good time. It's something different for me. I I hadn't put get put a lot of effort into fighting games over the years outside of Smash, but I've sort of enjoyed this. It's been something yeah. different. Oh, Josh, um, quick question for you. Do you have um, Street Fighter collection by any chance? I do not. My stepdad does. And um, if you look at my Switch, it does show some time on that because I took his cartridge for a while and was playing it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't actually own it. Oh, okay. I, I actually um, just remembered I got that from Amazon today because I was like, uh, I feel like this is going to be out of print soon, so let me just get it. And, um, yeah, if you're able, eh, if you're ever able to get it again, I'd be down to kick your butt <laughs> you you'd have a good chance of it I, I enjoy it like i've never been great at these kind of games i've i've gotten to where i think i do like mortal Kombat a little bit better than street fighter but you know i get it yeah but uh yeah outside of that like um i haven't really been into a whole well uh, that's kind of a lie i actually started a class uh recently through I'm, i know i'm gonna say it wrong is it Udemy or Udemy? I'm pretty sure it's Udemy. I don't even think they <laughs> I know it's been a thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's sort of been a thing for a little while. But uh, I, I started a class through that recently. My, my goal was like, hey, I'm going to grab this while it's on like a quick sale. Because it's usually like 150 I got it for like 20 Get through it and try to get through a few classes. Like, you know, just see if I can knock out some of this stuff. A lot yeah. cheaper than college, at least. And I can learn some cool things. But uh, it's yeah. going a, I'm going a little slower at it than I would have liked. But it, it's still pretty cool to learn about. But the the class I'm taking is for narrative design, uh, for game writing essentials, is what it's called. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's definitely something I wanted to learn more about and perhaps get, um, sort of make something of it in the future. But Yeah, so, that's so awesome. That's cool. I want to still sort of go in that direction in some form or another. Yeah. Is that but something yeah. that you have to like meet at a scheduled time for, or it's just totally up to you? It's it's up to me on that. Okay. Um, there's a couple things. Uh, if anybody else is interested in something like that on there, at least for this course, it's uh, there's like some videos you know I'll I'll listen to uh, for like a lecture, and then there's an assignment. Like I had to make a pitch document for a game. Um, I've had to you know write kind of a summary of the story. I had to make a timeline today of different events that happened in this world. My next assignment is to make a map, which I'm not sure how I'm going to do since I just have Microsoft Paint, but you know, I'll right. do my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, things like that. So it's pretty cool. Um, hopefully that comes in handy one day for me. Yeah, um, absolutely. The pitch it's... part in particular is pretty cool. I didn't know it was going to have me do that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, no, that's great that you're finding something to be engaged in and, and uh, kind of like really connect with your hobby. I think that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I think that is about all we've got for that. So the next thing we've got here, I think we have a few Facebook comments to read off. More on to our topic here um, about canceled games. Some particular canceled games that uh, some of our listeners uh, had thrown out there. Some of them maybe we'll talk about more here in a bit. But uh, Chris, do you have those pulled up? Yep. If you don't mind, go ahead and jump in there and we'll read over some of these. Sure, yeah. So our first comment uh, comes <laughs> reliably from Ryan L. So Ryan says, Donkey Kong Racing. So Don he, he mentioned, like, you know, we, we basically just asked what kind of, like, canceled games uh, do you remember? And, you know, what it was pretty open-ended. So Ryan talked about Donkey Kong Racing. So he said he would have loved that game. 
Um, and also, does Metroid Prime 4 count? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, Donkey Kong Racing, um, I'm sure we'll be talking about that in just a little bit. But uh, that's if I had to like make a list of games that I've wanted the most um, out of all the canceled games that are that we all know about, Donkey Kong Racing is easily at the top, um, especially because I'm such a huge Diddy Kong Racing fan. So, but we'll be getting to that, I'm sure. Um, well, Josh, did you want to add anything about Donkey Kong Racing, or should we save that for the topic? I'm going to hold on to that one. We'll, we'll get more of that. There's a decent bit to talk about for that one, honestly. Yeah, totally. So, um, okay. So, and the next one comes from Jason Frost, and Jason mentioned Banjo 3E, and that is... Uh, the big one as well. <laughs> um, are you going to be talking about that, Josh? Uh, no, so I did not bring that one to the table, mostly because there's not much to say on it, <laughs> other than um, I do remember there being a little bit of a clip at E3, or is it Space World? I can't remember. Um, anyhow, back when they were showing off the GameCube, there was like a quick clip of like, I think Mumbo and some other characters, like a bunch right. of just Banjo-Kazooie characters running through like a valley, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was sort of right before the whole Microsoft buyout of Rare, and it's slowly morphing into nuts and bolts over time. So I, right. I didn't know really what else to say on that one. Um, I, I guess you could say it's basic, nuts and bolts is basically three, but I honestly think we were getting something a little bit different before uh, that whole buyout happened. Nuts and bolts was canceled. It never happened. <laughs> Hey, two, so. I, I kind of I, I like nuts and bolts for what it's worth. It's there's the designs aren't great, but you know, I can't hear well, you. Maybe we'll save it for another time. I don't know. I'll find an excuse to talk about it. No, it's it's fine. I mean, it's uh, it looked really good at the time, and I did appreciate that they didn't forget the Banjo Kazooie franchise, which they kind of seem to have lately, with the exception of you know Smash's. Uh, you know them being in Smash, but um, you know if if that's the kind of franchise that they feel like they can experiment with, I am fine with our nostalgic feelings for the originals. But um, I do hope that the right people pick up that franchise and and really do that series justice. Um, our next comment comes from Michael Christopher Paracone. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, the only one I can really think of is Donkey Kong Racing, so another Donkey Kong Racing fan. I remember being quite excited for this, as Donkey Kong is one of my favorite game series. Here, here. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this in a little bit, but one of the things that really appealed to me about this potential Donkey Kong Racing game is just how vibrant the Donkey Kong universe is. And so seeing that in a new way in a racing game was just really exciting for me. But uh, we'll get to that. And our last comment comes from Tom Qualls, our beloved Tom Qualls. And Tom says, Earthbound 64. I seem to remember some Nintendo Power articles about it at the time. That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that. Um, so Tom did leave a picture of some of this footage in that uh, Facebook post. So if you're interested in that, Feel free to check that out, um, although I'm sure like an internet search would yield some similar results. But um, yeah, Earthbound is a series that I keep meaning to try out. I haven't gotten a chance to it, and um, I want to play it on the SNES Mini um, because 
I don't know. It just seems like it has so much personality, and I really feel for Earthbound fans that this game got canceled because it seems like this universe has so many little details and complexities, and you know, like I said, personality. So for for a fan to like really anticipate something as huge as this on the Nintendo 64, which has this, I don't know, unique charm to it like the system itself and the graphics and the sounds and stuff for that to be canceled must be heartbreaking but you know josh and i feel for you because that happened with banjo kazooie so heck I've, I've played through the first mother in the second you know earthbound beginnings and earthbound and uh okay yeah i would have definitely um this would have definitely been something i would at least jump back to i don't know if i would have played it much back in the day i wasn't an rpg fan much at all until after that but it does look pretty cool looking back to I think it turned into Mother yeah. 3, honestly, which uh, America never officially got anyway. Oh, true. Yeah, that's a good point. So at least, no, that's a good point that this game did get released. It's just that it didn't come on the N64. A lot of that story seemed to have carried over uh, to the Game Boy Advance. So at least there's that, and it's just not completely lost. And from what I understand, that's like the final game. So the creator is just not interested in making any more because he thought that with Mother 3, he's he told the story that he wanted to tell. So at least there's some closure in that way. Um, and maybe it's a good thing that it came out on the Game Boy Advance because Earthbound has a really distinct art style. And to be honest, these graphics that I'm looking at right now are not the best. So maybe it's better that they stuck with sprites, you know? But yeah, that is all of our Facebook comments uh, for this topic. So thank you guys very much for contributing. All right, so that is all the Facebook comments we got. I think we will go ahead and get jumping into our topic here. Um, here are some of our favorite games that never came out. So we're going to talk a little bit about what could have been here um, or what potentially turned into something else over time. Um, we both brought three to the table for now. There is plenty more than that to talk about, but we didn't want to make an episode that was going to last three to four hours here. So I will have Chris go ahead and start with his first pick, if that is cool. Sure, yeah. Um, so when I was looking at like potential titles for this topic, there's a lot that I like completely forgot about. I'm sure... You know, you felt similarly, Josh. Um, and I was trying to think of ways to kind of like categorize all these different types of canceled games. And you kind of touched on it because not all canceled games have the same fate. Um, it's kind of like what you said, where sometimes a game is just outright canceled, like our topic kind of implies, but sometimes they kind of change form too. So, um, I try to think about the games that we would potentially talk about and think about the different ways that we could like categorize what happened to them. So um, some games changed forms, like they started in one form and then eventually found themselves in a different, uh, different title or titles. Um, some of them were just completely outright canceled, like you mentioned before. Um, some of them were canceled just for the United States. So there are some games that I thought 
were totally canceled, but they just didn't come to our country. And one example of that, I don't know if you ever heard of this, Josh, is a Disaster Day of Crisis. Did you ever hear that one? Sounds familiar, but yeah, not it's sure. Um, I remember like during E3, it was like announced right when the Wii was like getting announced at like that E3, I think like E3 2006. And I was like, oh, this is like a pretty cool game. It's like an end of the world, apocalyptic kind of thing. And, you know, I didn't hear about it for years. And I just I thought that it was canceled. Turns out it came out, but only in Europe, um, huh. maybe Japan, too. But like it's it's out there and it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, other examples are, you know, Captain Rainbow um the tomodachi life like original there's apparently a, a tomodachi life on the original ds and um the last category that i could think of was games that were seemingly canceled for a while but then just like randomly eventually surfaced in in some other way so um one example of that is Star Fox 2 we all thought Star Fox 2 was just totally canceled and there's all these rumors that it was finished and stuff but the Super Nintendo Mini came out, and that game is now on that, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, those are like the different topics. Just wanted to mention that, um, or categories rather. So my first game is called Stage Debut. Do you remember anything about Stage Debut, Josh? Once you mention it, I know I'm going to, because I, I swear that name sounds familiar. Again, I know I just said that about the last game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and tell me about it. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's like a super obscure game. Um, I believe it was announced like around, I don't know, E3, 2002, 2003 or so. And it has pretty crappy graphics, but it's it's very hard to define because, and that's actually part of the reason why it just never came out. So it's kind of like, um, from what I understand, there's this game that came out on the Nintendo 64 uh, I guess it's called like Mario Artist Talent Studio, but this is like a Japanese only release apparently. So um, it's kind of like Mario Paint apparently, but it used like the Game Boy camera and had like this little attachment for um, the the cartridge slot thing. And it just, you could like interact with different things. Um, and basically what this game would have you do is like, there's going to be a peripheral for the Game Boy Advance called the Game Eye, which is basically like a Game Boy camera for the Game Boy Advance. And you would take a picture of your face with a Game Eye, and you would upload your face into the game. And that would basically be your little avatar. And you just do like really stupid things within that world um, that are just like super quirky and strange. So this game never really came out because it's just so bizarre, but. It's kind of like what we mentioned before, where it eventually would find itself in other titles eventually. So um, some games that it probably ended up in would be like Animal Crossing and uh, Tomodachi Life. And from what I would imagine, the Mii channel, because the avatars were way before the, the Mii's were ever a thing. So I think... That's uh, eventually how the uh, the Mies were introduced. Um, but yeah, Tomodachi Life is a lot like um, the trailer that I saw where you just, you know, you have this avatar of yourself and you're just doing these really stupid, silly things. And um, it's just like for the sake of being silly. I guess that's entertaining to some people, not so much for me, but whatever. Um, and it was just interesting because it had all this like 
connectivity to all these different things like the game eye and um there is actually uh, a huge emphasis on like the e-reader so there gonna, there's going to be like a bunch of cards for animal crossing and pikmin and mario and you could like swipe these cards and have silly things happen within the game um but yeah like i said it just it never came out because there wasn't really a clear direction um and i would have figured that <laughs> tomodachi life for that reason would have been canceled too because it doesn't really have a direction in my opinion but that did come out so i guess that's good um, so yeah, does does that kind of um, stir your memory, Josh? Anything sound familiar? Yeah, more the technology that they were talking about. I guess more than anything, um, it's kind of one of those things where it just seems like they had a pretty interesting concept, but didn't really know what to do with it. Um, it actually, this is somewhat unrelated, but it puts me a little bit in mind of uh, when Rare mentioned they would they were going to make it where you could upload your face to characters like for multiplayer in Perfect Dark. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Uh, yeah, but I, I, if I remember correctly, uh, they they pretty much canceled that feature. I don't remember if Nintendo told them to, to not do it or what have you because of the, I guess, the, the violence. Like, you know, being able to oh. put your friend's face in there and then shoot them. Um, right. So I, th- I think that's why they, they cut that. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's still it's kind of funny we haven't seen more of that actually just by this day and age of, of something of that sort where you can put your face like in a game, I don't. I don't feel like there's a lot of avatars and stuff, but I just don't feel like right. you see that. Maybe that's, maybe we're sort of past that novelty. True. And there's just not a cool way to use it, so to speak. Right. But, yeah. Because it's like you know we we build our avatars with our faces, but like we're not really looking at our faces because usually if we take control of that avatar, we're just looking at like the back of their head. So. Yeah. Maybe it's just really hard to come up with a game where we're just constantly being face-to-face with our own faces. Face. <laughs> so um, I guess that's what it is. But yeah, like you said, I mean, Mies came out, what, 15 years ago and kind of over yeah. it? <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, that is, uh, that's my first pick. That is stage debut, which would have been on the GameCube. Oh. So what about you, Josh? All right. My first one here um, is, it is it is a rare game. Um a little spoiler alert, two of mine are. Um, almost all three of them, but I stopped myself, so don't worry. <laughs> Proud um, of you. So this one, um, some of you all may have heard of this, is called Project Dream. It's also called Dream Land of Giants. Um, so some of you are already going to know also that this is what led to Banjo-Kazooie. What's funny is it doesn't look anything like Banjo-Kazooie, um, especially from the, the initial conception of it. It is basically after they finished Donkey Kong Country 2 in 95, um, that team kind of went two different ways. Some of them went on to Donkey Kong Country 3, but the uh, rest of them basically went on to work on uh, a new game. Um, And I I believe this is where this one came from for Project Dream. It was going to come out on the Super Nintendo. Long story short, because there is a bit of a story to it, I kind of recommend you looking it up. but it, it got moved to the N64. But it is a game about a... Uh, it's more of like a fantasy game. Almost, I don't, I'm not sure if it was more of an RPG. Uh, it's been a little while since I really dug into it. Like I said, there's quite a bit of information out there on it. But um, you play as a human boy um, who carries around a sword. And he's got a little dog friend as well, Dinger. His, the, the boy's name is Edison. And it's more of like a side-scrolling sort of game. Um, it's it's kind of hard to describe uh, 
just off of here, some of the backgrounds look a bit like, think of like the Donkey Kong Country 2 Lost World, um, where it's like a deep jungle kind of look and like a lot of ruins and things like that. There's a swamp. Uh, one of the villains looks like a big troll with a sword. So it's got more of like a fantasy element to it, but it still looks, to me, it still looks very rare at that time at the, in the mid-90s without, you know, not necessarily like the cartoony side of it, but more of the, sort of that serious side that, that games like Donkey Kong Country 2 sort of touches on. Um, but then you've still got silly stuff like the dog, uh, Dinger, which the name alone is kind of silly. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah I'd, I really recommend... I know I've said this already a couple times, but I do recommend kind of looking that one up. I know there's some videos on it. Um, the Cutting Room Floor website has some cool stuff on it. Um, it. It was really moved around to all kinds of stuff until eventually they sort of replaced Edison with, with Banjo. And he didn't have Kazooie then, but he was doing like a skateboard sort of moves, like when he jumped. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly why, but... Basically, over a lot of development time and a lot of changes, it turned into what is Banjo and Kazooie. But yeah, this 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 was definitely a different sort of game. We never really got from them, um, even after that. So definitely look that up. It's 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 sort of funny looking at the character at first. He almost looks like somewhat. This sounds maybe more negative than I mean for it to be, but he almost looks sort of like a generic swordsman. <laughs> yeah, totally. But Again, it's still something about it. Still, sort of has that like early 3D render rare feel to it, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. But, I think it's it might even be because I'm trying to put my finger on what that could be. I think it's kind of like the the color palette that they chose because yeah. it's like it has very similar colors to Donkey Kong and kind of like similar environments in a way. Um, and yeah, very similar backgrounds to what you would expect in a rare game. And also, I don't know if you're looking at this too, Josh. I'm kind of going through screenshots at the moment, and it kind of looks like Banjo Kazooie Grunty's Revenge, if that's what it's called for Game Boy Advance. Um, so I wonder if like some of those ideas carried over into the Game Boy Advance one, because this game seems to be seems to have had a isometric point of view, uh, like a top-down kind of, and that's what you know, the Banjo-Kazooie game for uh, Game Boy Advance would come to have. So they actually look really similar in that way now that I think of it. But, well, um, yeah. The N64 version, yeah, like it, it does sort of go for that top-down view. Um, some of the Super Nintendo screenshots of it um, are still just like a side-scroller. Um, oh, I think right. they've got some different layers to it. But, but yeah, it, it definitely, it sort of molds into that, like like you were saying there at the 64 when maybe they took some of that and put it into into Grunty's Revenge. Um, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, just even looking at some of the textures and stuff, I, you can see where it kind of starts slowly, like still pretty distant from it, but slowly starts turning into Banjo-Kazooie a little bit. Um, right. But it, it's it's almost kind of weird to look at. It's almost like a completely different world. Definitely one of those that's like what could have been, but I'm also, of course, very happy we got what we did with Banjo and Kazooie. Yes. But I do wish there was like a completed version of this somewhere. That would be quite cool to check out or even just a playable kind of level or two. I'd, I would definitely like to check that out. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's I mean, you know, we love Rare and anything that they that they put out there. So I just wish I could kind of 
dip my toes in the universe <laughs> that would have this game be released because the concept seems really interesting. Like, yeah, the, the character's not the most original-looking guy, but, like, I don't know. I like the idea of it. I like this fantasy RPG thing that they seem to be going with, and I would have been curious to see what Rare would have done with, like, RPG elements because that's kind of not what they specialize in. Um, but... You know, I, anything related to fantasy and rare and just like having colorful backgrounds, like I'm all for it. But, you know, this did obviously, like you said, uh, come to evolve into our favorite game. I don't know if it's your favorite game, period, Josh, but it's definitely mine, um, Banjo-Kazooie. So, um, hey, whatever it took for them to get to where they needed to go, um, I'm grateful for it. And um, I do appreciate the creative process that went along with this type of game and how they were willing to totally revamp the original concept into the ridiculous uh, game that Banjo-Kazooie is. Yeah, sacrifices had to be made. Um, what, what, on sort of a funny note, to, to sort of wrap that up, um, the main antagonist, um, from what I can tell, at least from the N64 version, um, was going to be uh, a, a pirate captain, yeah. uh, Captain Black Eye. And he appears in the banjo games, uh, particularly. I remember him in Tui, like he is at that the Jolly Rogers like bar, <laughs> hanging out there. And I, I think he even somewhat hints towards that being a thing. I, I can't remember how he words it in that game, yeah. but they kept him there. And I think he has some sort of appearance in Sea of Thieves. Now I haven't played a whole lot of Sea of Thieves, so I'm not sure. But oh, that's cool. It's kind of yeah. neat that they still at least acknowledge that in some way. I think. From what I remember, I mean, I, I remember he was inebriated, so I'll leave it at that. But yes. um, <laughs> but I think he said something about having a dream where he was an enemy yeah. or something like that. I could be wrong, but I feel like he mentioned something about a dream. And um, I just love little things like that where even though a whole concept got entirely scrapped for the most part, not entirely, but you know what I mean. Um, it's fun that they add these elements from the original idea into this new game or project or whatever and kind of like just nod to what it could have been. And I, I just think that's a really classy way of doing it and just uh, adds a lot of personality and a little extra meta dimension to it, which I think is always exciting. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's one of those that I am glad that there is so much information out there on those. So, like I said, go check it out if you can. It's pretty interesting stuff, yeah. but, uh, especially it's, if you're a Rare fan. Yeah, it, it's also cool that like we know about this because if we didn't know about this, we would just see Captain Blackbeard or whatever his name is just being some guy in a bar hanging out. <laughs> there's like there's a whole background to him, and there's some history to him. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Well, Chris... Uh, don't want to hang on there too long. What is your next uh, choice? So my next pick is a game called Project Hammer for the Wii. Do you remember anything about Project Hammer, Josh? I do. I remember seeing, uh, I think, a trailer for it back when, was it when the Wii was announced, maybe? It was like yeah. at least near the beginning of that era. Yep. Um, I do remember it. Yeah. I I don't know why I remember this. Like I I'm not sure if I still had Nintendo Power at the time because I feel like I didn't. Oh, you know what? Maybe IGN or something like that. But um, yeah, just it seems like a, a pretty interesting concept when I first heard of it. Um, when the Wii was first announced and they announced all these like titles for it, um, they just had all these like strange concepts going on because it was such a new like control style. And I don't know. I just thought, hey, sure. 
Project Hammer, you swing the Wii remote like a hammer. Why not? Whatever. Let's see what they do with it. So uh, let me just give a, a little bit of background to the game. So um, it was it would have been developed by Nintendo Software Technology or NST. Um, and for those of you who don't know, NST is more known for like Wave Race and 1080. Um, and so, you know, they're a pretty capable company. And when you look at the graphics, they do kind of have like their graphical style in it um, when you were like looking at Project Hammer, I mean. Um, so this was announced at E3 2006, and um, it's it fits within like the beat 'em up genre. So basically, you you're like this really tough guy, and it has like this more gritty feel to it. It's a little more mature. Um, in fact, the game is actually designed with a Western audience in mind. So, you know, um, Americans we like are are masculine, you know, tough guys and muscles and all that stuff. So um, that's what they were kind of uh, hoping to court um, with this type of game. So it's a lot more, like I said, gritty and brutal and has like this dark tone to it. But the problem with the game was that it was revised so many times. They just couldn't find a way to really gamify this concept so that it was uh, like really satisfying. And <clears throat> from what I understand, the controls just didn't feel that right. So maybe it's kind of like what we were all thinking where when we got the Wii, we thought this Wii remote was capable of all these different detections and stuff like that. But I guess they started to realize like, oh, you just you can just waggle the remote. And <laughs> that's like the most you can hope for for a while until the, the plus Wii plus motion or whatever it's called came out. But um, it's interesting because the game would eventually change into a title called Wii Crush. <laughs> kind of like Wii Play and Wii Sports, but Wii Crush, apparently. <laughs> and um, this game had very cutesy graphics, and a lot of the development team just left. They, they quit after that. They're just like, we don't want this project to be some cutesy little thing. Um, so that's it. And basically, the development team, like said that there was a very toxic work environment so the head people were just like really nasty and uh nintendo did like this review um of like the i don't know the the workplace i guess and they just found that everyone had a really low morale so they just canceled the project altogether so um yeah that is a uh, project hammer i never really found out what happened to that like it, it was one i sort of i remember and i sort of half was interested in maybe i was a little more just straight which i still sort of am but like just straight looking for when's the next mario or zelda or sonic or something coming out you know the big the big stuff that i never grew out of <laughs> yeah and uh but i mean looking back it, it still looks like a pretty cool concept if they could have made it work i i, I think it, it may have been one of those things where i don't know if they knew the concept for the wii first but it, it might be one of those things where it's like they saw the idea of the Wii remote and was like, Hey, what can we do with this? But it, it may have not translated into a game quite as cleanly as they would have liked it to. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get it. Like, you know, hammering something in real life is kind of satisfying. So why wouldn't it be in a game? Um, and I will say like when I was looking at footage for it, there are trailers that exist um, of the game, like you said, and the game looks pretty good. Um, it's there's a good amount of detail. The animations are pretty good, um, and it did did look like they had a pretty cool, uh, a pretty good idea of where they would take this game. So it kind of looked like I don't know Bayonetta, but with a guy, and uh, well, a guy with a hammer. <laughs> so or like you know uh, what's that game? Devil May Cry. So it looked hey, a lot like that, cool. just like a guy with a hammer. 
And um, the stuff that he was smashing into with the hammer, there's a lot of physics involved and a lot of detail to like the environments and stuff. So it had a lot of potential, but you know, if the work environment sucks and they just don't know what to do with it, then hey, whatever. So hopefully it did find itself in other types of games and didn't get scrapped entirely. So, but uh, at least they gave it a shot. <laughs> well, I guess with that, I will go ahead and jump on to the next one there. I know some of these, some of these has a lot of information. Some of them's got a little bit, but they're all kind of cool and interesting in their own ways. With with this next one, um, I'm actually going to jump to my non-rare one. <laughs> um, I was going to put, uh, I will say real quick, I was going to put Mario football here, the American football. Um, that was going to be done by Retro Studios, but there's just not much to that. So, Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, it actually um, eventually led to them working on Metroid Prime instead. Um, so wow. that's just kind of a neat little tidbit. This is actually a different Mario sports game, though, um, that has a little bit more information out there for you to find. Um, it was going to be called Super Mario Spikers. So if you can't tell by the name, it was going to be done by Next Level Games, who also did Strikers, um, which the Strikers series is is pretty cool, the two games on there. But it's they weren't ever like my favorite Mario sports games, but I still had some fun with them. Um, Soccer for me just isn't, uh, you know, it's not my favorite sport. Baseball would be, but um, yeah, it's this still seems like a pretty cool concept here. It's it was going to be a volleyball wrestling hybrid game, um, as somewhat silly as that sounds. Um, of course, this was uh, when was this? I'm trying to find the year here. I don't know if this was before or after the second Mario Strikers, uh, but basically it was going to be on the Wii, and uh, it was. Like I said, it it was going to be a volleyball game, but it was going to have different aspects of wrestling in it. Um, apparently, you're going to be able to sort of fight. And um, they say they were, uh, let me see here, the experience they gained with wrestling gained from the canceled WWE Titans uh, parts unknown. So, yeah, they were taking notes from, like, actual wrestling games for this and mixing it with volleyball, which sounds pretty interesting. But from what I understand... Uh, Nintendo ended up sort of canceling it and just cutting it when they said it was getting too violent um, for characters like Mario and Yoshi and and so to speak in in these sort of environments and beating the living crap out of each other. Like, you know, if you really think about it, like look at Super Mario Strikers and, you know, it can be they can really hit each other pretty hard in that. Then they have like Smash Brothers and things. Um, So I can only imagine what was what was going on in in this game in particular. I really wish I could see a little more footage of it. It sounds sort of hilarious. Um, There there is actually a good or at least a few uh, bits of like prototype artwork out there. Um, Like right now I'm looking at one of Mario's prototype outfits. It I don't know if it looks like a wrestler's outfit. Or a volleyball outfit. I don't know how to describe it. One of them definitely puts me in mind of strikers. You can definitely tell it's the same team. But then, like one of the rings that they would, that arenas they would play at, is looks like more of a wrestling ring to me than it does a volleyball court. So yeah, I, I, I know I know how these Mario games usually are. They can take a sport that I'm not like super into, and usually bring my attention to it quite well. So I'm 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 kind of disappointed this never came out. I think we could have got some hilarious beatdowns from it yeah absolutely it's um i like the concept art it's really interesting and it does remind me of the mario strikers art 
Um, I mean, that box art is so cool. Um, like with Mario, like just smashing into that soccer ball. I just love that. It's so animated and uh, it's kind of like a caricature of him. It's just really cool. Um, and yeah, his outfit here is uh, a little bizarre, but it's kind of like futuristic volleyball, um, which I'm, I'm kind of into. But, you know, next level games, at least they did get a project with these other sports games. And they have really learned how to make a good game because they've now become one of Nintendo's top developers. So um, I'm just glad that their uh, their talent is being utilized properly. So, um, But yeah, I mean, I, I like volleyball, but a lot of the Mario sports games are pretty similar to me. Uh, golf is the one that's a little bit more unique in a way. Um, I feel like a lot of the concepts that they could have used for spikers could be in like, I don't know, a soccer game or a uh, tennis game. So, um, I don't know. It's it's not a huge loss. It would have been great if it came out, but um, I'm sure that their ideas carried over into other titles that they created. I think for this, even more so, I mean, nothing against volleyball at all, because I like volleyball, but, you know, I, I think what interests me almost more is the wrestling aspect of this. Just to see some of that could have been hilarious, um, or especially mixed with volleyball. Like, I'm just really curious on how that would have worked but yeah I, I definitely wanted to at least bring that one to the table um there's a few fun things to look up there like i said there's a few concepts of some of the arenas and things so i guess we'll just have to use our imagination on how that would have went there <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure there was a very good reason why it got canceled so um <laughs> i guess it was meant to be <laughs> All right. Um, so for my final title, uh, I chose Mario 128. What do you remember about Mario 128, Josh? I do remember seeing um, sort of that early trailer for it back in. I, I keep getting these confused. I can't remember. I think it was Space World. I don't think that was E3 um, back when the yeah. GameCube was shown off. Yeah, and there's it's just, I mean, a lot of people's probably seen it. It's just 128 Marios running around a huge cube. Um but, I mean, of course, I was curious as to what it was or what kind of game they could make out of this. Yep, it's, uh, it's a very strange little tech demo that was shown off. And you're right, it was at Space World uh, 2000, actually, that it was shown off. So I watched it today because I didn't really watch it when I was a kid. I kind of just heard about it in Nintendo Power and just thought, like, oh, okay, this will probably turn into something Mario-related. Didn't really think too hard about it. But when I watched the demo today, it was, it was I don't know, it's hard to describe. So you're basically on this, like, kind of semi-circular surface it's a flat surface but it has like this like round geometric shape kind of kind of like the top of a frisbee if that makes sense and um so a bunch of like pixels fell down or boxes fell down and they fell in the shape of like pixel mario and so there's this one single mario that was by itself at first and then it picked up all these other boxes and underneath each box that like represented a different pixel of the Mario 8-bit you know character um, a different Mario was underneath these boxes so in the end um, there was 128 little Marios and so you would see 128 Marios walk around this like semi-spherical stage and just kind of like interact with each other and do these different things and um, 
I guess it was more of like a showcase to show what the GameCube was capable of graphically and technically, because this is something that would definitely not be possible on a Nintendo 64. So they just kind of wanted to show off what the next generation was a little bit more capable of. Um, so the the flat surface that I talked about, the one that's like slightly round, I don't, I still don't know how to describe it, sorry, but it was kind of like manipulated in some ways. So you would see it kind of like spike up in some ways and you would see the Mario, uh, the Mario characters like bounce off of it. So it was kind of like a demonstration of like the physics that the GameCube was capable of. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And something that I thought was really, really cool was that as each of the Marios were like affected by how this world was manipulated, they would make this sound and it would be like, you know, like typical Mario cries. And I'm pretty sure that that sound carried over into Pikmin, which is one of the games that Mario 128 would come to be. Um, So this is another example of a game that didn't get outright canceled, but it kind of changed forms and found itself in different uh, Nintendo titles. So, um, and it's like multiple titles that it found itself in. So the one that I mentioned, Pikmin, you know, that's probably like the biggest one that it ended up being because you'd have all these different Mario characters and you would be able to control them similar to how we would end up um, controlling Pikmin. So uh, just having like multiple characters on a screen at one time, that's like the main thing that really carried over. But um, apparently the physics that I mentioned, that was carried over into Metroid Prime. I don't really have a specific example of how that is. I tried to look that up and I just, I couldn't find anything. And I can't think of anything either. I don't know how, you know, physics were really demonstrated in Metroid Prime, but I'm sure there's something there. Um, and also uh, Twilight Princess and Super Mario Galaxy were also titles that um, this concept kind of found itself um, into because of the, I guess, the sphere walking. So I guess there's examples of like surfaces that are not perfectly flat. They're kind of like slightly spherical in a way. Um, I mean, Mario Galaxy, obviously, with the planets. But I guess in Twilight Princess, I guess there's some surfaces that are a little round. Um and something that I didn't know is that in Super Smash Brothers Melee, they kind of acknowledged um, Mario 128. There's like an event, uh, like an event match or something where you have to fight 128 Marios. So I thought that was a, a nice little nod to the concepts. And um, some of these things also persisted in um, Super Mario Sunshine. There's like some stages that are also slightly spherical and show off physics in an interesting way. But um, yeah, Mario Galaxy is really where the the spherical um, physics of this uh, tech demo really was showcased. So yep, that is my last pick, Mario 128. Um, Any other things that kind of uh, stuck out in your mind about Mario 128, Josh? No, looking back, I guess, on this one, um, like I said, I definitely remember it being shown off, um, like the Nintendo Power and things like that back in the day. And I, I'm, I'm still to this day always happy to see a new Mario game, but perhaps it just sort of always was meant to be sort of a proof of concept or sort of a demo to show off the GameCube's power at the time. Um, but it is pretty cool to look back, and I guess the big one that really feels like it pulled from the most or pulled from this the most would be like galaxy the way he travels around the planet some which i'm sure there were some ideas from this and and pikmin also with like the number of characters on the screen and that sort of thing um so 
I, I really don't know how else they would have actually made a game out of 128 Marios, but it is kind of neat looking back at this sort of thing. It's sort of one of those things that's just one of those odd relics from the past back when they first showed off a new system. So yep. it's cool to yeah, look it's, back to every once in a while. Yeah, and uh, it, one thing that they mentioned um, after Mario Sunshine was released, because people were like, hey, is, you know, Mario Sunshine came out. Is Mario 128 still in the works? And they were like, yeah, we're still working on it, which is interesting because Pikmin had already come out at that point. So um, I guess, I don't know, uh, I guess they kind of like took little bits and pieces of that tech demo and put it into different games. But I guess they still had some type of idea for Mario 128. And um Something that they mentioned in some of the interviews that I read was that Mario was going to be accompanied by a new character. And I was just in like if I didn't have context for that, I would have been like, ooh, what is what what is that character? And I feel like it's probably that little star guy in Mario Galaxy, the one that like when you spin around he oh, yeah. shows himself. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's what they kind of uh, meant. But hmm. um in case anyone didn't pick up on this mario 128 is you know 128 is uh 64 plus 64 so it was their way of showing uh that this is like uh the sequel to mario 64 um or it being an expansion of mario 64 because that was something that they were kind of considering too so they just didn't really know what to do with it but eventually they found that the the concept within the tech demo was good in different ways, and they kind of allocated that to different types of Nintendo games that did end up coming out. So while we didn't get a traditional, you know, uh, release of Mario 128, we did see Mario 128 in all these different titles that I mentioned before. So um, not all is lost. Well, I went ahead and saved one of the bigger ones for last, I guess. Um, we've actually already talked about it some. And you all knew it was coming. It is Donkey Kong Racing, of course. Um, I know a lot of people remember this one. It was first shown off um, at E3 2001. Um, and it had like this pre-rendered trailer. I remember looking it up actually back in the day. It might have even been on a DVD or something I had. Maybe maybe not. But um, I know it showed several of the characters that were going to be in it. And, um, of course, it kind of puts you in mind of Diddy Kong Racing, I guess. Um, especially with Taz the Genie popping up. But instead of vehicles, they were mostly all on animals or on different buddies from the Donkey Kong Country games in 64. Um, so, yeah, the, the concept there was super cool. And instead of just, you know, being a new Diddy Kong racing game, of course, Donkey Kong was in it as well. Some of the confirmed ones we saw, I think all these are in the trailers. Um, some of these are also shown in screenshots. There was a couple. There was a leaked document or two actually here I have found. Um, with some information on it, but they had Donkey Kong, Tiny, Diddy, Taj the Genie, and Kitty Kong. Um, also, there was some internal renders and stuff that were found uh, featuring Lanky Kong and Cranky Kong. Um, so yeah, that's just uh, some of the characters that we knew of that were going to be a part of it. Um, this is part of that expanding Donkey Kong universe um, by Rare um, that we we're all falling in love with. So really hurt to see this go um some of the rideable creatures actually were ramby um which I also see a giant sized ramby along with the regular one a small red ramby a small regular ramby i don't know why that all these different variations of ramby but there you go um and guard the swordfish uh a purple version of him as well ellie the elephant 
and some zingers. Um, and then, of course, some of the rumors were like Espresso, the ostrich, uh, a chomp shark for some reason, a necky and an army, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, that's just, again, what we know of, what they've found concepts of that have been since leaked or, or put out there for the world to see. Um, yeah, this one, this one kind of stinks to see just uh, never existing and no version of it really um, being playable that we know of anywhere. Uh, I imagine this could have been something a little bit different from like the normal kart racing or kart racing games, um, but still been one of those that's sort of playable for everybody. Uh, what's the word for it? I guess casual friendly, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I Well, I want to say I think that a lot of the concepts from this original you know, title found itself in other types of games. So I wonder if Banjo Pilot um, a- adopted some of the characteristics of Donkey Kong Racing. Um, you're not flying on animals or anything, but I wonder if they kind of like borrowed some of that because that game was also made by Rare and that came out like a few years later. So it, it could just be that they, you know, created this entirely new uh, game with like just Banjo in mind. But um, I do remember that Diddy Kong Pilot was a thing originally for Game Boy Advance. So I wonder if Diddy Kong Pilot came after Donkey Kong Racing. Um, so I don't know. But um, so just something to think about, I guess. But I do also know that Donkey Kong Barrel Blast, I think that's what it's called, for the Wii came out. Um, I don't know if they're related at all, but because like it's not made by Rare, as far as I know, um, yeah. but it is a Donkey Kong racing game. And you are kind of flying around, like you're flying around on bongo jetpacks, apparently. Um, so I don't know if they borrowed anything from Donkey Kong Racing, but the idea of Donkey Kong Racing sounded so good at the time. Like you mentioned, like riding on these animals and, you know, just cruising through these like beautiful tropical Donkey Kong themed uh, areas because Diddy Kong Racing is just such a masterpiece for the N64 and for that to have evolved into something much more grand on the GameCube would have been so, so awesome. So Hopefully, you know, Nintendo's just like, you know what? People were really interested in this at the time, so let's give it another go. So, who knows? Weird things have happened. Yeah, it even, um, if I remember correctly, on the uh, original GameCube boxes, like the one I've got, had a uh, Donkey Kong racing screenshot on the back of it. So that's just kind of that constant tease of what was never going to be. Um and, and again, it just kind of hurts to see where that Donkey Kong Country universe was was meant to keep going like the way it was. And then that stupid buyout happened. <laughs> it ruined yeah. so much. And like you mentioned, um, that uh, Donkey Kong Barrel Blast came out in 2007 on the Wii. Um, I don't think, at least from what I've heard, nothing like was taken from Donkey Kong Racing for that one. And it was a completely different team. Um, I can't think of their name now. Uh, but anyway, it's it's. I think it's the same team that worked on a handful of Donkey Kong games in those mid-2000s where it's like they did not know how to handle Donkey Kong without Rare, unfortunately. Um, so it's it's not the best 
<laughs> I don't know. I I think it might just be like a smaller team within Nintendo because I don't think it was uh, uh, Nintendo Tokyo, EAD Tokyo. I, I don't know. I have to look this up. But um, I will say, like, I, I looked at the trailer not too long ago and I was really impressed by the graphics because and it is entirely possible that this is just like a cinematic and not like an in-game engine thing that they were showing off. But I was really impressed, especially for like a, a 2000s game. Looked good. Um, but it would have been really awesome if we could have seen these uh, Diddy Kong racing characters again, like Taj. I see Taj like flying on a bee. Um, it's like I miss those guys, you know. The last time that we saw them was like in the Diddy Kong racing DS game. Um, and it's just the same game, but worse in on the DS. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they bring back that type of uh, series in some way. Yeah, yeah, I, I miss a lot of these characters, like Timber the Tiger. Um, he was supposed to actually be, this is sort of going off in a different direction, but he was actually supposed to be the star of Diddy Kong Racing before it was Diddy Kong Racing. Um, oh, I didn't know that, okay. And I guess just, again, without Rare and Nintendo working together, um, Rare kind of went a different a different direction with a lot of things, and you just never see him again, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so maybe you would have saw him here. That would have been a good place to bring him back. Um, of course, this was 20 years ago now or so since this has been history. So <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know if we'll ever see this one sort of come back, at least not the way it was originally going to be. But who knows? Like you said. Um, yeah, I will say, like you mentioned, uh, the pilot games. I know Banjo Pilot was actually started out as Diddy Kong Pilot. And then again, kind of part of that whole, I think it was part of the buyout thing. Just they ended up going with Banjo instead. So if you play Banjo Pilot, and there's aspects of that that are from Donkey Kong Country, like Espresso is standing in the middle of one of the stages, which you might think, oh, that's kind of a neat Easter egg, but it kind of comes across more as like they almost forgot to take him out and just decided <laughs> to leave it there. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's, it's it's just kind of disappointing to see see that never have come back in some form or anybody else sort of take it on. Yeah, I I just looked up who uh, who developed it. Um, or I'm sorry, who developed Donkey Kong Barrel Blast? And so that's Payon. And you're yeah. right; it's the same people who made um, Donkey Kong King of Swing and Donkey Kong Jungle Climber. And you know those aren't masterpieces in everyone's mind, but those are games that I really enjoyed. But Donkey Kong Barrel Blast, from what I understand, just looks really not fun. I don't want to play a racing game where I'm constantly banging around on the Wii remote as if it's bongos. It's just, it's not cool to me. I've played it, and it's, yeah, I don't want to go on about that too long, I guess, because I could. (laughs) But, like, you're not even using the bongos. You're using the Wii remotes. So that, it, it feels like they totally missed the boat on that. And... It's definitely not what this game was supposed to be. I'll just I'll just leave yeah. it that way. The characters, yeah. the the models, and all of that sort of thing, just not quite the same thing. Yeah, but, and uh, also like with Donkey Kong Racing, it, it kind of felt like it was going to be this like upgrade to Diddy Kong Racing, like this next level of Diddy Kong Racing, because you know it's going from Diddy Kong. To Donkey Kong, it's within the name, you know, it just makes it sound yeah. like this more intense, more uh, complex and 
just cooler uh, version of the series. But um, I guess we'll never know, and that's pretty unfortunate. But you know, we've seen weirder things happen, and um, there have been rumors, from what I remember, that uh, Nintendo is really set on having a Diddy Kong Racing sequel um, in like the late 2000s, early 2010s. So it could be possible that we will see a revival at some point. So I am pretty hopeful. Well, if nothing else, it's still, to me, it's pretty cool to go back and look at this stuff. Like I said, I think some of this stuff came out like years later, like some of this concept art and such. Um, so it's kind of neat to look this stuff up. You never know when more of it might get leaked or some of the developers might be able to release it to the public. So just something to sort of keep an eye out for. Imagine what could have been. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and, just uh, kind of part of life. It's part of the creative process that is game development you know not everything is going to make it into a retail release so um it's just kind of fun to learn about the artistry and creativity and original intent behind some of these projects you know it's kind of fun on its own even if it doesn't come out to be into a uh, an actual product sure well i think that's about um both of our lists there um i know there was a few more like i said that w there was quite a few we could have talked about on here um a few that had turned into something else um another rare one in particular that i thought about was dinosaur planet um all of those oh, yeah, characters yeah. and things as much as i do love star fox but uh yeah there's just there, there's a lot to talk about with that and maybe this is a concept we'll find a way to revisit in the future um if you all seem interested I uh, hope you all did enjoy it. It was a little bit of a different concept tonight, but uh, I thought we'd roll with it and kind of wing it. I um, hope you all enjoyed it. And if there's anything, uh, any particular canceled game or something that maybe isn't even as well known as like Donkey Kong Racing, feel free to jump on our social medias and let us know. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, I guess with that, we will go ahead and do all of our due diligence. Chris, is there anything else you wanted to add tonight or... Anything else that didn't quite make your cut? Uh, I mean, it was really hard. I don't know about you, but I, I had a really tough time kind of like narrowing down my choices because there's just there's so many games that you just really don't think about. Uh, Pikmin 4. Where Where is Pikmin 4? <laughs> Last time I heard, it was like pretty much completed. So hopefully we get that. Uh, Metroid Dread. That was like a major project that just nobody's talking about it. Where is it? <laughs> um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 4. This is one that I was going to talk about because this yeah. game is basically complete, but there's some weird issues with like the license, and you know we have EA and then the Disney buyout, and LucasArts is now starting to come back. So I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, there is a functioning and playable Star Wars Rogue Squadron 4 that was originally designed for the Wii, and I need to play that thing at yeah. some point, and I really hope so. But, um, yeah, I mean, one last thing that I wanted to mention. You had a really good point where we did see Donkey Kong Racing on the box of the GameCube, and that was one of the reasons why I bought a GameCube. I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm invested in this system. This is what I want to play. I'm, I'm going to play it at some point. And when you're a kid, you don't really have this concept that things can kind of go awry and uh, a game can get canceled. Um, but it's just kind of how things are and just going to kind of have to expect that sometimes and hope that the project that you want comes to surface. And many times that does happen. So, um, yeah. What about you, Josh? Any last thoughts? Gosh, like I said, I think that's about it. I could, I could kind of go on with a list. I know Conker's, uh, 
Tales or whatever, 12 Tales, Conqueror's 12 Tales, I think it is, um, which turned into Bad Fur Day, which there actually is quite a few differences if you go and look into that. Um, things like that. There's a lot of rare ones in particular. I feel like I, rem- I, like, I think those are the ones I remember the best seeing. And then a lot of them did turn into something else, but um, it is cool looking back and seeing the original versions of these. Um, one, I guess one more thing, like I mentioned somewhat earlier before, um, some of this information... Uh, if, you, if you're interested in looking this stuff up, um, there's a lot of YouTube videos on a lot of it. There is uh, the Cutting Room Floor website has some of it. It's it's more of more or less stuff that was cut out of games. But, you, you know, I found a lot of info um, on Project Dream there in particular. Um, so, yeah, just just look for it. Um, you can kind of get down a rabbit hole um, if you're like me with that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's actually pretty cool because a lot of things that we're talking about have just recently surfaced. And so I'll be curious to see if even more comes out over the next few years, because from what I understand, you know, game development can be really secretive. And so I'm sure there's just a whole bunch of things that we just don't even know about. So I really hope that a lot of that gets revealed uh, legally, at least. I know there's been some (laughs) disturbing. Not so much. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, but yeah, it's just a really interesting side of gaming that um, doesn't really get talked about too, too much, but um, just has so much interesting history to it. And uh, I, I hope to learn a whole bunch more, and I hope that all of our listeners do too. All right. Well, I will go ahead and start shutting us down here. Um, like always, guys, um, we appreciate all the support. And remember, we are on Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS. Um, we are on Facebook at Nintendo Nostalgia, and of course we have our Facebook group there, and the Nintendo Nostalgia Chat. Appreciate it. If you all want to jump on there and start chatting up about your favorite games, um, your favorite canceled games, however you want to word that. Um, also, we are on Instagram. Uh, guys, with that, I think we'll go ahead and shut this down for tonight. We will see you later. Y'all have a good rest of your week. Bye. Bye, everyone. We're playing with power. I guess they like that thing, that little play with power thing. Um, 